Welcome to Good Faith Reads. I'm your host, Zach Dawes Jr., Managing Editor for News and Opinion at Good Faith Media. Good Faith Reads is a short podcast released twice a month in which we focus on one of our authors at Good Faith Media. We've published more than 100 titles under our Nurturing Faith book imprint, and we invite you to check them out at goodfaithmedia.org bookstore. Today's guest is Bill Holmes, author of Thoughts from the Bedside, From Medicine to Chaplaincy and Beyond. He is joining us remotely today from Louisville, Kentucky. Bill, welcome to the podcast. Thank you much. Appreciate it. Well, a standard question to get us started that we ask all of our authors is, tell our listeners in one or two sentences what the book is about. Basically, this is a book of uh, what I like to call my accumulated thoughts and stories of a journey, which is my life. Uh, It's about, I call it at the bedside. It's about being at the bedside in various ways uh, and at varying points in my life. I I intend bedside to be a metaphor, the place where we are called to engage all that we are on the behalf of the one who is in the place of disorientation or trauma in life. And basically that was the entire purpose of the book was to try to capture that in many ways at various points in my life, medicine, chaplaincy, and in fact, other issues that I've faced throughout life. I note in the book, you talk about Brueggemann a lot, and he has kind of this progression of orientation, disorientation, new orientation. Did that kind of shape and fuel how you brought this book together? Well, I think it it, it shaped part of the one aspect of it, of of how I, it it, it affected my own life. I had met Walter Brueggemann some time ago, and we had we had become friends, not over theology, but over baseball. In 2016, I was diagnosed for the fourth time with a primary cancer. I'd had colon cancer and bladder and prostate cancer. But when this came along, uh, I had this desire to make some sort of record of what life was about and to uh, uh, put this into writing. And somehow, uh, and in fact, I, again, I note that that it, it there was a a need to share the suffering that I had faced, but share it with other people who are suffering as well uh, and, and hope that there might be some common bond in our experience that would make a difference to them. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about maybe some insights, lessons that stand out to you from those experiences in terms of you're a person of faith, you have medical training, you have theological training, you know, how you face those moments when dying becomes not just this, it will happen someday concept, but a, a very real possibility. Um, I liked the fact that you, you wrote uh, about living with cancer, not dying from it and negotiating with it, not battling with it, which is a, a tweak on how a lot of people think about it. Can you just share a little bit about that? The prospect of my own death uh, really brought forth visions of many people that I had attended, uh, both in practicing medicine and as a chaplain, uh, plus the experience of being with my parents as they both as they died about 20 years ago. Uh, but it was really it, it is and it was in the quiet times of life that uh that what came after the storm was uh, a period of reflection in, in terms of what had sustained me throughout my life uh, and wanted to share somehow 
and how uh, fear and dread they would succumb to the things that help sustain me through my life. Uh, and when I said I am focused on living, uh, I'd long been uncomfortable with the idea of, uh, of the battle imagery of uh, that I'm going to fight this thing. Uh, the problem I had is that if a person is say they're fighting it, uh, is he, did he die or did she die because they gave up fighting? Uh, the, uh, using, uh, say the uh, g- generic cancer imagery and fighting that, do we really defeat rapidly dividing cells? Uh, I don't think so. I, I would rather that we have uh, some other metaphor that war is, the problem with war is there's losers and there's winners and there are also innocent victims. And, uh, and, I, and I know that not everybody feels this way and you can listen to other arguments. Uh, so it, it, it's not that I mean for this to be uh, the, the final, the all in all, but what, as I face cancer, uh, you already mentioned this experience of life being disoriented. Uh, and, and the point that Brigham makes, you don't really, you don't really return to that old orientation. You go to a new orientation that life, once it's, once cancer has been pronounced, it is never the same again. In that context, let me say that it is that time that the, the Psalms of Lament became very meaningful to me. Uh, Psalm 13 uh, is how long, O Lord, how long? And boy, did I pray that one a lot. And it, it continued with me into my chaplaincy years. Uh, and whether I interpreted correctly or not is another question. So uh, there, those, those are the things that, that, that come to mind mostly when I think about how I was going to handle cancer. And of course, it's easy for me to talk about it now because it's been a few years. We'll be right back in 30 seconds with more on Good Faith Reads. Lot Carey is proud to bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest pastors coast to coast. Our new podcast, Pilgrimages of Striving and Thriving, delivers wisdom from the Black church for the whole church. Find us wherever you get your podcasts or listen online at lotcary.org. That's L-O-T-T-C-A-R-E-Y dot org. We look forward to the pilgrimage with you. Welcome back to Good Faith Reads. Today, we're joined remotely by Bill Holmes, author of the Nurturing Faith book, Thoughts from the Bedside. I'm Zach Dawes Jr., the host for this episode. So, Bill, we've been discussing some specifics with regard to the book's content. So, if you will, let's step back and take maybe a broader view for a moment and maybe share a little bit about the writing process for the book, or perhaps in your case, since it's a little bit of a compilation gathered over the years, you know, your writing process as you seek to formulate articles, or in this case, put together a book, just kind of share a little bit with our listeners about how the book came together, or maybe how, how you focus on your writing. Well, uh, in, in a sense, when I, when I started the project, uh, a lot of the things were already present in some form, because I, I had for years uh, kept a, a notebook that I called scribblings, 
why I called it that, I don't know, except if you could see my handwriting, you would know why I call it that. But these, some of these were printed out. Some were just brief words, a paragraph, a thought, a brief essay, sometimes a longer essay, or there were things written for other purposes that I, that I modified and incorporated uh, in, the, in the text. Kind of sticking with this idea of, you know, how the book came to be, you know, we talked about death and dying being a key part of the book, but you also talk about community, heaven, hope, as you already mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also chapters on poverty, racism, prayer, miracles. So mm -hmm. maybe just talk a little bit about, you know, how you came to focus on those topics. Are, are those particular subjects yeah. of great importance to you? Um, how, how did you come to put that together in terms of the subject matter itself? I really did not intend for this to be read as to be picked up and you have to read it through chapter by chapter in sequence. It, it, it is not to compare myself to Pascal, but you know, there, there's a collection of his thoughts, which are, it's called Pensees, but I, uh, I would like to have it so someone could pick it up and they've got a few minutes and they can read it. In fact, in emails and notes that I've received from people who have read any part of this during a medical a downtime in their lives. Most commonly, the three things I've gotten the most comments about were on prayer, miracles, and community. And, and I'm sure they didn't read all the rest of it to get to it. It just, that's what came up. So, uh, and, and the, the other ideas that got into this came out of my own life. Uh, and as we grew up in, in somewhat, we didn't know we were poor, but apparently we were, uh, and I experiencing Brown v. the Board of Education in 1956 when the school is integrated and uh, the, the African-American kids became my friends and they still are. Uh, and uh, I, I, I've, that, that has been a big part of my life in the civil rights movement and, and the failure of my generation to do what was needed. Uh, I, uh, uh, I thought about what was important to those that I came in contact with throughout life. And, and that's why I said I had prayer and miracles and the effect of community. Uh, they, there, there's a lot that goes on in the hallways and in the rooms, the waiting rooms of a hospital. I, I like to call those the foxholes of life. And there's a lot that happens there. So one, one thing I do want to put that's really not in the book, but the the fact that the, so much that's in there arrives out of what we would, that are really the commonplace things in life. Uh, the commonplace I found to be full, it's full of meaning for me. And, uh, but we often miss it because we're goal oriented or we're in our get or done mood rather than seeing what's going on through a different lens. And what I hope I've learned from life and reflects here is that things that are ordinary uh, become the extraordinary waiting to be experienced. They, they, they're, they're realized and, and felt inward. Uh, it may look usual things are going on, but something else is happening. Uh, I talk about attending the uh, extubation of a man who's died from a brain hemorrhage, and that was my first time as a chaplain that I did that. And I often thought people walking by that room, there was just another extubation going on. 
But for me, it was the most profound, life-changing experience I'd had. It was that day that I actually became a chaplain, I think. Uh, it was it, it, it was experienced in an entirely different way. Uh, I've always liked to think that I've gone through life, I've stacked stones here and there along the way uh, to mark encounters with what I call the holy or the divine or God, whichever one you want to pick. And uh, these experiences have, have become that. And, and, and they weren't mine alone because I shared them with somebody else. It was their life. It was their life we were dealing with, not mine, but my life became different because of them. Uh, I hope that makes sense for whoever just heard this. So, uh, but that, that is uh, to, to focus on the things that, are, that we would see as common, but they aren't common. They're common if we aren't paying attention. Let me put it that way. That God's there speaking. The question is, are we there listening? An important note to all of our listeners, we at Good Faith Media are always accepting book proposals. Our authors engage with an experienced team of editors, designers, and marketers to produce and sell books on a variety of topics. So if you have a book proposal you'd like to run by us, head on over to goodfaithmedia.org bookstore for more information. That's goodfaithmedia.org bookstore. So Bill, your, your opening chapter offers an overview of sorts of your career, and then that career and experiences are kind of woven through the book. And I guess the word that came to mind for me was circuitous as I, as I thought about your path that you described. You use the term nonlinear, and it struck me that you kind of had this internal tension between leaning toward theological-based roles and leaning toward medical or science-based roles. And you kind of found a way to put those together throughout your career and kind of ebb and flow between them. And you do the same in your book. So, um, you know, thinking about listeners who might be, whether they're right out of college or, or making a career change later in life, you know, if they're at this point of thinking about a different job, a different career path, what advice, insights, suggestions might you offer them? Well, when I was in college, a freshman at Vanderbilt, I, I interviewed uh, over the phone Flannery O'Connor, the Georgia writer who had written A Good Man is Hard to Find. And uh, a friend of mine, I quizzed her about her, how does she approach her writing? And she used uh, in her country voice, she said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm like a an old hound dog and I'm going along the trail and I wander off into a bush and I sniff around and say, uh, uh, that's not where I need to be. And I come back out to the trail and I might go off to the other side. And I thought that, that explains my life. Uh, one of, one of my mentors was G David McClure, who was an ophthalmologist who was also a lawyer and also, uh, could do about anything you wanted to, wanted him to, but the way he put it, if you have multiple interests, and possibly multiple gifts, then you have multiple responsibilities. So we, we, are not, we are not who our vocation is. We are a person in and of us. We may be at one time one thing and at one time another. And, but our job is to, our job or our calling is to relate to our fellow uh, human beings and to God and bring that together. And the way of it, is probably not as important as how we see the people that we're trying to relate to. Uh, I have uh, two young men that I've known for several years that I've been sort of a sort of a mentor to, 
and uh, my message to them has always to been follow your heart and follow your talents, follow your interests, and be ready to shift gears if you need to, uh, or as I said, to back out from under the bush and get back on the path again. Uh, so when I started medicine, I did not know that one day I would go back to the seminary. Uh, I say back because I did one year before I went to the to medical school. Uh, but also at that time, I didn't know that my interest in theology and philosophy would be maintained over the years. And I started seminary not knowing that one day I'd pastor a church and be a chaplain. But uh, there are aha moments that come along the way. And uh, you just go with them and hope that you're right. Thanks for sharing those insights, Bill. Um, it's been a real pleasure talking with you today about life and your book. Um, so as we wrap our time up together, could you read a sentence or two from the book that you think is important for listeners to hear? One is from chapter seven that I wrote. I wrote this in May of 2013, right before I was ready to have another uh, GI surgery. And it, it is, life is a psalm. It begins with crying out, mixed with the joy of being, and it ends with thanksgiving. The in-between is a journey marked by giving and receiving, doing good and not so good, faith and doubt, rethinking and rebirth, repentance and grace, hope and love. I wrote that in May of 2013. And the other thing is, which to me goes along with uh, where we are today, we have let uh, technology control us in a sense. Uh, I'm not one who gets really excited about online education. I'm, I have this fear of waking up in an op operating room and looking at my neurosurgeon and he's getting ready to crack my head open. And there's a thing on his, on his, uh, his uh, uh, scrub suit that says the online school of neurosurgery. <laughs> and, and I'm only kidding about that, but, but it's important that we know each other and God intimately. When we fail to give ourselves to each other by sitting face to face and listening to a life in a life giving manner, we, we keep ourselves for ourselves as we hit send or post I think we need to leave cyberspace. I think it's important that as a that we see and hear and touch and smell and know personally and intimately who the other person is. And boy, do I long for COVID to be over so that I can do that and do it with folks that I've known for years in the community of faith. Well, our guest today on Good Faith Reads has been Bill Holmes, author of Thoughts from the Bedside. The book, along with more than 100 other titles, is available in paperback at goodfaithmedia.org bookstore and as an ebook at either Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Bill, again, we really appreciate your being our guest today. Glad to be here. <laughs>